All right, this is the John Smith Show. All right, so we got updates on Rudy. Apparently, he's doing pretty good, so that's a good sign. Uh, Feds canceling tests will hide for years how school shutdowns are screwing the kids. I want to tell you about that. That's a very important story uh, that's happening right now. Sticking with education, the Chicago Teachers Union said today, quote, the push to reopen schools is rooted in, uh, believe it or not, sexism, racism, and misogyny. Yeah, shocker that that would come from the union. How about this? We've been talking about this owner over on Staten Island, this bar owner, and how he went to jail now twice because all he's trying to do is run a business. Well, we got a, a sound clip from a restaurant owner who's been reduced to tears over them. Uh, democratic hypocrisy her business is shut down but Hollywood gets a pass I'll tell you all about that I got the sound clip Uh, and then I'll tell you all about Mayor Garcetti from LA and how he responded to what this young lady had to say it's pathetic he's pathetic Uh, we've got Ted Cruz is in the news. I guess the leftists are spewing venom at Ted Cruz over a photo. I'll tell you about that. Unbelievable. Republican congressman, he introduces a bill that's going to require Americans to do this in order to vote. Yeah, you won't believe what this is. Uh, Trump, he said, big things are happening over the next couple days. I'll uh, touch on that a little bit. And then guess what? Oh, there's another unidentified illness. This time it's in India. So far, one person's dead and hundreds of people are sick. So that's good news. That's exciting. And then if I've got, uh, if I got the time, we'll tell you a little bit more, uh, a couple other news stories. But uh, yeah, Elon Omar, why isn't she in prison? That's a question that I have. I'd, I'd like to know that. Anyway, as I uh, started off, oh, before I get into the news, though, I do, I do want to talk about where uh, you can hear the show, where you can watch the show, and all that good stuff. First of all, uh, Say What You Will Radio Network. If you go to saywhatyouwillradio.com, that's where all of the uh, archived audio files are all the podcasts you can go to say what you will radio.com click on the john smith show and you're going to find all of our podcasts there i think there's uh close to 70 episodes i think right now uh you can also if you're watching the live stream on youtube of course that's our say what you will radio youtube channel Uh, i am live uh, sunday night through thursday night at 8 p.m every Sunday through Thursday. Uh, you can also watch the show live if you've got Roku, whether it's a Roku TV or you've got one of those little Roku gadgets. Just go to your Roku app and search for Cutting Edge TV and upload it onto your app. We are uh, live on Roku the same time. Well, the same time we're live on YouTube every Sunday through Thursday at 8 p.m. And, of course, that is Mountain Time. I go by Arizona Time, Okay. Uh, now you can also watch us on Good Talk Radio's Facebook page. So if you prefer Facebook rather than YouTube, you can go to Good Talk Radio and catch us live there. Or 
you can listen to goodtalkradio.com, go to their webpage, and I'm simulcast Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. And that would be, of course, Arizona time. Right now we're mountain time. All right. So that's it. Get that out of the way. Now, uh, kind of back to the news. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, uh, from what I understand, Trump said that Rudy uh, Giuliani is doing very well after he was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Uh, So let's just keep Rudy in our prayers. I know this is a difficult time uh, for everybody. It's a scary time for Rudy, uh, but it's also a very important time. I mean, he's kind of important when it comes to Trump's legal team. So uh, keep praying for Rudy, and uh, hopefully he'll be able to pull through this and just get right back into it uh, without missing a beat. Let's hope so. All right. Now, this is a big story. This is an important story I want to talk about. The feds canceling tests will hide for years how school shutdowns screwed over the kids. Okay, so that's what they're doing. And I want to get into the story. A federal agency is canceling congressionally mandated nationwide tests scheduled for 2021, ending the only way uh, to reliably measure the effect of different school shutdowns across state lines until approximately 2023. The agency's, excuse me, the agency's commissioner announced the day before Thanksgiving, quote, the change in operations and lack of access to students to be assessed means the NAEP will not be able to produce estimates of what students know and can do uh, that would help be comparable to either past or future national or state estimates, said James Woodworth, the commissioner of the U.S. Department of Education's National Center for Education Statistics, in a November 25th statement. The National Assessment Education Progress is a biannual test in reading and math that Congress requires states to participate in to get federal K-12 funding. Because states uh, water down their tests uh, to decide or to hide how poorly many American children are educated, the NAEP uses higher standards separated from politically manipulated policies such as teacher evaluations. It is considered the nation's gold standard test. It is operated since 1969 and the next test window is early 2021. Now, usually the test's results fully come out in the calendar year after they are collected, meaning the postponement likely uh, eliminates this important window into national achievement until 2022. That's three years of hiding the truth about how governors have damaged American kids and our nation's future, while future competitors have kept their children in school because COVID-19 is a low risk for young people. See what they're doing? They're forcing our kids to stay home, and the unions are behind that, okay? The unions are doing everything they can to keep our kids out of school. But the kids are sitting at home, and they're not learning anything. Kids are getting kicked out of their classroom, their Zoom uh, classrooms for uh, wearing Trump clothes. We talked about all that type of stuff, mega hats. They said, oh, it's disturbing to the classroom. You either take the Trump hat off or you're out of here. This is going on all across the country. Kids, I don't care what what you say, the public school system was not prepared to teach kids from school. I mean, let's face it, there are still schools that are scrambling to get uh, 
computers and laptops for the students. There are kids all across this country that don't have high-speed internet. They can't even access their classroom, whether it's because they can't afford it or it's not offered in their area. But these kids are getting screwed over big time. So what's the easiest way to hide the fact that these kids aren't learning anything? Stop testing them. It's simple as that. On July 31st, the NAEP's governing board passed a resolution urging the commissioner carry out, to carry out the tests as legally mandated. It noted, quote, in a time of such unprecedented disruption to education and assessment, there is a need to collect reliable and valid data to understand and compare student achievement across the nation. States select large urban districts and various student subgroups to support effective policy research and uh, resource allocation. It also noted that NCES has developed plans to safely administer the tests and Congress was considering additional funding to make it possible. U.S. Education Secretary Betsy DeVos has continued to require states to follow the law and administer their own annual tests, yet she wrote in a November 24th letter to Congress that she directed NAEP to cancel the 2021 tests as a consequence of governor and school's decision to create chaotic schooling environments that complicate testing. Now, I'm going to tell you something, okay? I have a family member that's in college right now. And uh, she's going to architecture school. She's got a five-year degree program, and she's studying architecture. Now, for the past year, she's been taking all of her architecture classes online. And uh, we're be, we've been having this conversation, and I would love to, I would love to talk to somebody that that maybe has an opinion about this. Oh, and by the way, if you want to be a caller, the number is 602-475-2000, or you can use the live chat either way. But I would love to talk to somebody about this because my question is, are the students that are in schools that are taking professional degrees, I mean, architecture is a hands-on degree program. Are employers going to look back and avoid students who went to school during this time because they know they didn't get the education that they should have got. Are, are architects and other professional degree students getting screwed by the system? Are they going to be blackballed in the future? That's my question. And I think that's a legitimate question because when you dump, I don't know, $180,000 on a degree program, you kind of want that person to be able to get a job and not be not be blackballed because of this ridiculous education shutdown. Uh, the uh, 2021 NAEP tests would have shed light on the significant learning loss following the school closures last spring and widespread failure to reopen the schools this fall, DeVos wrote. While the data would have been helpful, the much more valuable and actionable measure of learning loss will be the annual assessments required of states by the, uh, the Every Student Succeeds Act. I strongly believe that the states should implement their own assessments on schedule in spring 2021. 
given that they do not face the same constraints as NAEP and have uh, ample time to plan for success test administration tailored to their unique circumstances. In addition to participating in the biannual NAEP, federal law requires states to administer their own tests annually as a condition of receiving federal funds. Woodworth noted that states will still be conducting their own tests this coming spring, asserting that it is safer than having NAEP personnel do it. Mm. Everything's about safety. Everything's about the COVID. Everything's about safety. Wear the mask. It's all about safety. I was actually at the grocery store. Okay, this is uh, kind of going off beat a little bit, but kind of sticking to the whole safety thing. I'm standing at the grocery line, and I don't wear a mask when I go to the grocery store. So far, no one has said a word to me, and that's good. That's the way I like it. Leave me alone. I'll leave you alone. So I'm standing there at the grocery line. I'm waiting to, to check out, and the guy behind the counter, you know, the guy that's ringing me out, checking me out, He's got a mask on. He's got beads of sweat rolling down his head. And he's got the mask and his glasses are all fogged up. And every time he would run one of my food things over the scanner, he would reach up and wipe his face, wipe it on his shirt, adjust his mask. He touched his face probably 18 times while I was in line. Now, I didn't have a mask on and I didn't touch my face once. And then every time he touched his face... And wiped it off on his shirt. Then he would touch one of the food items and drag it across the... I'm just wondering, how safe is that? I'm just curious, experts out there. How 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 safe is that? Oh, Thomas Hamilton. He's here from Glasgow, Scotland. Hello, Thomas. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, back to the article. Uh, let's see. Uh, he made no mention of having considered ways to still achieve the law's objective of transparency in exchange for public funding for education by measuring such as asking states to build NAEP questions into state assessments, having local teachers proctor their own classes for the NAEP tests, or using remote proctoring, which is common in higher education. Historically, Republicans have made uh, have made deals with Democrats to increase federal funding for K through 12 in exchange for so-called accountability measures, most of which are tied to tests. With no consistent and reliable test results for nearing a decade now, testing was also both disrupted and rendered less useful. With the massive Common Core overhaul, President Obama forced on the nation. Yeah, what a complete failure that was. Democrats once again continue to achieve their objectives while requiring Republicans to forfeit theirs. That's because the GOP is spineless. Listen, I am probably as conservative as they come. Yours truly. However, I will not come on this show and show constant support for the GOP. I'm not going to do that because they're spineless cowards, just like this article uh, insinuates. Of course, I'm not going to, I'm certainly not going to say anything uh, good about the Democratic Party because they're the ones that are destroying this country. It's their ideology. The Republicans just sit back and watch it happen. I don't know what makes, who's worse. I don't know. It's long past time for Republicans to stop playing games 
and release states from federal education meddling. It only works as a ratchet to the left. If states and federal agencies can ignore federal law because pandemic and the Obama administration can ignore the law because progress, states can ignore federal education laws because the United States Department of Education is unconstitutional. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Well, the next segment is actually brought to you by uh, a very good friend of mine, and that's Jen over at uh, Grayfeather Farm. And I want to read a recent post to Grayfeather Farm. Uh, This was a recent review done by Pat. She says, my skin has been so dry for many years. Me too, Pat. I can uh, relate to that. I've lost count of the products I've bought to help. Nothing worked for more than a few hours. And that's exactly right. You put it on. Anybody that lives in Arizona knows this. You put any type of lotion on, and two hours later, you're, you're putting it on again. She goes on to say, Then I tried Grayfeather Farm Crack Attack. In just three days, it's done wonders on my legs, arms, and feet. I recommend it to everyone who has extremely dry skin. Now, if you want to try Crack Attack, and I recommend that you do if you've got dry skin, or you want to try their lip balm or their Emily's, any one of their products, I recommend uh, after this video is over, in fact, you can go to any one of my videos on my YouTube channel, or you can just go to saywhatyouwillradio.com, click on the sponsors link, and click the uh, Gray Feather Farm logo. And what that's going to do, that's going to uh, take you to their Etsy page where they sell their products. But because you go through my website, you're actually going to get free shipping. So guys, you got to act fast if you want this uh, to arrive by Christmas time, okay? Act quickly. Say what you will, radio.com. Go to the sponsors page and click on the Grayfeather Farm logo. All right, back to the news. So uh, the Chicago Teachers Union said this. Quote, the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. Yeah, true statement, huh? Coming from the teachers' union. That's insane. No one has fought harder to keep the kids out of the classroom than teachers' unions. The Chicago Teachers' Union, which represents more than 28,000 educators in the nation's third largest city, tweeted on Sunday, quote, the push to reopen schools is rooted in sexism, racism, and misogyny. That was the entire tweet. The union provided no additional comment or clarifying statement. Hmm. That's kind of odd, isn't it? Normally, when you make that type of accusation, you would think there would be some sort of fact to back it up. Uh, There was no acknowledgement that many people who argue schools should reopen are doing so in good faith. A spokesperson for the union did not immediately respond to a request for comment. To say that sexism, racism, or any other ism is at the root of the uh, thus far unsuccessful reopening push is absurd and insulting. Stressed out parents who want to send their kids back to the classroom are not motivated by animus towards teachers, and they are certainly not motivated by animus toward women or minorities. Indeed, many people who want schools to reopen are women and minorities. That's a kind of a good point. It's a very well-made point by the author of this article. 
pandemic-related closures have disproportionately affected inner-city families that rely on public education. Young kids of color are some of the hardest hit. Yeah, we just talked about that. A lot of these kids that live in the inner cities, they don't have money. They don't have high-speed internet. They don't have reliable computers. The schools can't get them because there's a, a technology shortage in this country. They can't get Chromebooks. They can't get laptops. They can't get anything. You can place an order. And we'll have them to you by sometime around, I don't know, February. A lot good that does to the kids right now that aren't doing anything. They're not learning anything. More than 800,000 women have dropped out of the workforce during the pandemic in large part because they now have to take care of their kids. Oh, not just take care of the kids. They've got to educate the kids. Given this reality, it would be more accurate to say that to push to keep schools closed is racist and sexist, though the root cause of the continuing closures is not racism or sexism, but rather the tremendous political power of teacher unions who have lobbied district officials to stick with virtual education, even as other essential employees return to work. Oh, and let's talk about employees, uh, essential employees, you know, like Hollywood actors. Yeah, wait till the next story. If this doesn't chap you, wait till the next story. Public school teachers, after all, continue to receive a paycheck regardless, which means their union has very little incentive to take any risk whatsoever, no matter how substandard the quality of remote education might be. It's worth recalling that the effort to keep schools closed is not grounded in science. We know that. It isn't. It has nothing to do with science. Everyone from Anthony Fauci to Senator Rand Paul agrees that many districts should move toward reopening on a case-by-case basis. The evidence shows that classrooms are not a significant source of spread of COVID-19. That's the science right there, folks. You know, if you're one of those big science people, that's the fact. Classrooms are not a huge spreader of the COVID, and those who do get it, are barely affected by it. If public educators are unwilling to provide the sort of education that families want and children need, then it would be preferable to return uh, the money so that parents could make informed choices about schooling and be able to pay for it. There's nothing racist or sexist about that, quite the contrary. Now, since this article was posted and that tweet was brought to the public by the uh, Chicago Education Union, Well, they decided to go in and delete the tweet. Oh, isn't that convenient? Now, again, I talked about that, uh, the uh, bar owner over on Staten Island, right? The authorities finally pushed him into a position like a wild animal was like cornered and he fought back and got arrested twice. Well, there's a restaurant owner over in Los Angeles And she just had a complete meltdown. And she videotaped it. And I got the audio. Uh, But a Los Angeles area restaurant owner is going viral after she exposed the cruel hypocrisy of coronavirus-related restrictions imposed by their Democratic leaders over there. 
The viral rant comes as California Governor Gavin Newsom and Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti enact new restrictions as COVID cases continue to surge in the Golden State. Los Angeles County uh, officials banned outdoor dining last month, one of the uh, few lifelines afforded to restaurants, which have been particularly hard hit by the COVID-19 pandemic. But according to Angela Marson, owner of the Pineapple Hill Saloon and Grill in Sherman Oaks, local officials permitted a television production to skirt the rules. Shockingly, the Hollywood crew had to set up outdoor eating areas just 50 feet from Martson's restaurant. In her blistering rant, Martson blasted Garcetti and Newsom for prioritizing Hollywood over small businesses like hers. Now, I want you to hear the stress and the just the pure uh, just sadness and anger and, and just, uh, I can't even explain it. I, only, I want you to hear her voice. I want you to hear for yourself what she sounded like. So this is my place, the Pineapple Hill Grill and Saloon. If you go to my page, you can see all the work I did for outdoor dining, for tables being seven feet apart. And I come in today because I'm organizing a protest and I came in to get stuff for that. And I walk into my parking lot. So that truck that was coming through was actually delivering food for the TV crew. This has approved this being set up for this being set up for for a movie company. It's a couple like tents, you know, that are set up in some chairs and tables and stuff like that. Nothing fancy whatsoever. I'm losing everything. But there everything, everything is I right own there. Everything is being taken away from me. And they set up a movie company right next to my outdoor patio. Listen to her. Which is right over here. This is your government. And people wonder why I'm protesting and why I have had enough. (laughs) They have not given us money and they have shut us down. We cannot survive. My staff cannot survive. Look at this. Her place was beautiful, by the way. Her outdoor seating. Tell me that this is dangerous. But right next to me as a slap in my face. That's safe. This is safe? 50 feet away? Listen to her. This is dangerous. Mayor Garcetti and Gavin Newsom is responsible for every single person that doesn't have unemployment, that does not have a job, and all the businesses that are going under. And we need your help. We need somebody to do something about this. Uh, George Guzman's in the room. Hey, George, how you doing, buddy? Yeah, you're right, uh, George. Yeah, they shouldn't have voted Democrat. You're right, but I don't think people like her, these business owners, these private business owners, and I talked about it yesterday. Remember uh, Eric Swalwell was on MSNBC, and he said that this private business owner was texting him every day to see if there was any uh, anything going on for help for business owners. Let me tell you something. Okay. Private business owners aren't going to sit around and spend all this time texting Eric Swalwell. 
I don't want to get back into that. But anyway, Eric Swalwell's a liar. That guy is, he's a sick unit. But these private business owners, I guarantee you, this time around, they're not voting Democrat. They couldn't have. Because they're getting destroyed by the Democrats. And this poor woman, I mean, she's, she's melting down. It's all over the country, all over the world on social media. She's having a complete meltdown because it's okay, according to Garcetti, it's okay for a bunch of TV people, some TV show, to set up outdoor dining under a tent and plastic tables. At 50 feet, her restaurant is shut down, and they're not allowed to eat outside. And she's losing everything. And by the way, according to KCAL Television, Martin, the owner that you just heard, she spent $80,000 to make her restaurant safe and uh, compliant with the new COVID-related regulations, yet she remains shut down. Uh, Seattle is suffering the same fate. Yeah, it is, man. It is unbelievable. Is that where you're from, George? I don't know where you're from. Oh my, $80,000. Unfortunately, Martin told KCAL TV that the restaurant, which has existed for more than 40 years, will be shut permanently if leaders don't allow her to reopen in February. Yeah, businesses are going under, no doubt about it, George. If I'm not open by February, I will no longer be here, Martin said. My restaurant can't uh, open for to-go. What little money we have, I have to try to hold on to for the hopes that we'll get get to go out door dining again, which is why I'm fighting so hard to get it open again. Yeah, God bless you for doing it too. Oh my, so she went on, uh, like I said, I just played the clip for you. She went on, she was begging the Democrats to do something. So Mayor Garcetti, what did he have to say? What was his follow-up? Well, according to the New York Times, Garcetti said he empathizes with Mardson. Oh, how sweet. But in the same breath, claimed the restrictions are necessary. Uh, George says, spent 34 years in Seattle area watching them get destroyed. Man, I can't imagine, man. That's the epicenter of stupidity right there. I always thought L.A. and California was like the the land of idiots, but between uh, Portland and Seattle, I think I think they got California beat. Maybe by a little bit, but I think they got them beat. Yeah. So Garcetti says, uh, you know, they're necessary. The restrictions are necessary. So so far, he hasn't uh, addressed the fact that the television people are okay to eat outside. But the restaurant, not okay, 50 feet away. My heart goes out to Miss Martson and the workers at Pineapple Hill Saloon. Do you, do you just sense the uh, the sincerity in his voice, don't, don't you? My heart goes out to Miss Martson and all the workers at Pineapple Hill Saloon who have to comply. Oh, you have to comply with state and country uh, state and county public health restrictions that closed outdoor dining. You have to comply. Why is it that Newsom didn't have to comply 
up there at the French Laundry. Why is that? And why did he get away with that? Garcetti goes on. He says, no one likes restrictions, but I do support them as our hospital ICU beds fill to capacity and cases have increased by 500%. We must stop this virus before it kills thousands. Hmm. Yeah, but you never address the television people. Garcetti, why? I mean, you're addressing her and telling her that she must comply, but you're not really addressing why it's okay for 50 feet away for all of these, you know, Hollywood stooges to be able to sit around and eat outdoors. You still haven't addressed that. George says, Governor um, Inslee is an idiot and <laughs> has to grow a pair. Uh, is that the uh, the governor of Washington, I think? Wasn't she the one that came out when they asked her her opinions of the Chaz up there, the chop? And she acted like she didn't even know what that it was happening. Oh, I, I don't know. What, I, I've never heard of such a thing. What What is that? And they reelected, uh, oh, him for another term. Well, you know. Yeah. If you can trust elections now. You know, can you trust an election? Uh, California has declared entertainment industry workers essential. Of course, the entertainment industry workers are essential. The people that are actually working at restaurants, yeah, they're not essential. Hmm. That's because they vote Republican, you see. And the entertainment industry workers, they vote Democrat. You think there's any correlation? You, do you think there's any correlation between what's considered an essential worker in California? I wonder. Uh, that was the mayor. Oh, the, the lady. Yeah, she was. Oh, the mayor. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was a knucklehead. I'll tell you what. Uh, so, uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so the uh, entertainment industry, industry workers are essential, and in Los Angeles County, they must follow strict guidelines such as eating in staggered shifts or in a large enough area to stay six feet apart. Isn't that nice? Hmm. Oh, they're essential workers. The Hollywood stooge. You know the person that just reads scripts and pretends to be somebody else? They memorize some words on a paper and then they go and they pretend to be somebody else. That's essential. According to Los Angeles County. Well, how did Martin respond to that? She told the times that when she arrived at a restaurant on Friday, she saw members of the Hollywood production crew without masks. Oh, really? You mean like governor Newsom? Hmm. Well, you know, when, when you're the governor and you're the leader and you're setting by example, I guess you don't have to wear masks. If Newsom doesn't, why should they? Meanwhile, she described the impact of the re, uh, restrictions on her staff as devastating. They can't pay their rent. I forget how many hundreds of thousands of people are at least $5,000 behind on rent. It's a staggering amount of people. It's it's unbelievable. I read it the other day. It's a huge amount of people 
that are at least $5,000 behind on rent. You know, what's going to happen to that? Do these people that own these apartment buildings and own these rental homes, do they not deserve to collect their their rent? Are we just going to say, nah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. That's just $5,000. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, she described the impact of the restrictions on her staff as devastating. They can't pay their rent. They have to tell their kids they don't have a job or money for Christmas, Martin told the Times. Uh, last week, L.A. County Superior Court Judge James Shelfont ordered Los Angeles County public health officials to provide him scientific evidence providing why a ban on outdoor dining is necessary. Quote, you have to do a risk-benefit analysis for public health. You don't just talk about the risk of spreading disease. You have to talk about the benefit of keeping restaurants open. Well, okay, so what came of that? You're a damn judge. What came of that? And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times Trump came on TV and said, listen, the cure can't be worse than the virus. He said it over and over and over again. In other words, you can't just destroy the economy over a virus that kills less than 1% of the people that get it, and if that's even accurate. Because I mentioned, as I mentioned before on this show, people that are dying from heart disease, which is like the number one killer in the, in the country, the people that are dying from heart disease, that number has plummeted. So apparently heart disease isn't a problem anymore. People that are dying uh, from other lung-related diseases. Those numbers have plummeted. The flu numbers have plummeted. Heart disease has plummeted. Which is weird because actually the numbers that it dropped by is almost equivalent to the amount of people that have died from the covid That's a fact. So is COVID really, has it really killed 280,000 people? Or was it people that were dying from heart disease and they were on their deathbed and they found traces of COVID? Maybe they didn't even test for COVID. We don't even know. All I know is that the hospitals get big bucks when someone in their hospital dies from COVID. They get a lot more money for a COVID death and they do a heart disease death. Uh, yeah, both California and Seattle drug uh, problems just exploded. Absolutely. We know that uh, alcoholism is through the roof. We know that domestic abuse is through the roof. We know that suicides are through the roof, but heart disease down. The flu down. They said that the flu was almost like eradicated. Nobody gets the flu anymore. Nobody just gets sick anymore. No one gets the flu, a common cold. No one gets anything. It's either the COVID or nothing. I'm telling you, this is the biggest scamdemic in the history of the world. And it's playing out in front of us. And these politicians that are telling us how bad it is are the same ones that are flying to, to Mexico over Thanksgiving, the same ones that are flying to Florida so that them and their family can have a nice little free 
Thanksgiving dinner with their families, but you better stay home. Eating at a restaurant's the worst thing you can possibly do. It's going to kill everybody, but they all do it. They all do it. So uh, kind of changing gears a little bit. I guess there was a group of leftists that were just extremely upset. They were spewing venom all over uh, Twitter today because Ted Cruz decided to uh, post a picture on Twitter of a deer he hunted. One person said, you're not a human being. Hmm. That seems a little harsh. Yeah, that seems... Let's see if I can bring up the picture of that deer. Let's see here. Um... Yeah, there we go. There she is. Let's blow it up a little bit. Oh, my goodness. Yep, look at that. You know, it's just another picture of another hunter who's killed a deer. And that's, I got to tell you, Ted, that's a pretty nice-looking deer there. Yeah, so everybody is flipping out, the left. Not everybody, the people on the left. Cruz's photo sparked a significant reaction on social media, generating nearly 100,000 likes and nearly 30,000 comments by Sunday morning. Leftists decried Cruz as a monster, while others criticized him for hunting during the pandemic. <laughs> what are you going to do? Give the squirrel, give a couple squirrels and a couple groundhogs the flu. Oh, you shouldn't be out hunting during a scamdemic. I mean, are these people nuts? They are nuts. They are nuts. One person wrote, it's a beautiful animal. Let's kill it. You're not a human being, Cruz. You're a human-shaped pile of dung. That's what Keith Overman said. Oh, he's a brilliant one, isn't he? Oh, Keith, you're so smart. You murder beautiful animals because you're a weasel with no balls. Deplorable Ted. Self-described liberal elitist Kimberly Johnson said. Oh, that's nice, Kimberly. Yeah. Uh, Ted Cruz, two chickens. Oh, two chicken, the S word, to stand up for a president that called his wife ugly and accused his dad of helping assassinate JFK. <laughs> People are crazy, uh, but will smirk and brag about killing an animal that was 10 times the man he will ever be. Weak, cowardly, pathetic, lying Ted. Trump's bitch, said another person. Well, you know, they make a point that uh, he was too chicken crap to stand up to President uh, Trump that called his wife ugly and accused his dad of helping assassinate JFK. Now, how come Kamala Harris isn't standing up to Biden for being a racist? Remember during the uh, Democratic National uh, debate there? Remember when Kamala was talking about the school bus? And said what a racist Joe Biden was? Oh, but yet, oh, she's the, uh, the vice president now. Oh, interesting. Hey, look, the ballless craven coward went pew-pew and killed a majestic creature just because he could. God, you're an effing S-bag, another person replied. I Don't you love these liberals? I mean, they're the nicest people. I mean, these people that we're reading these uh, tweets from, oh, wouldn't you just like to spend the afternoon with them? I mean, they're just, wouldn't you like to 
live next to them, you know, be their neighbor, just get to see these people every day. You get up, you go out to the mailbox and you just encounter all these people. Wouldn't that just be wonderful? I think I'd have to shoot myself, not the deer. Look at this disgusting piece of S word. Another person said each antler belongs shoved up your inhumane, sanctimonious, spineless ass. Your political policies of inhumanity and self-enrichment are reflected in this shoot. Big, brave guy, huh? Rot. Another person said, yeah, could you imagine living next to this person? Oh, boy. That'd be so nice. Just bump into them at the grocery store with their big, smiling face hidden behind their stupid mask. Uh, Here's a picture of an animal whose soul has left its body and who is now just a useless lump of dead flesh. No, actually, when you kill a deer, actually, when you kill a deer, it's not just a useless lump of dead flesh. It actually becomes dinner. Hmm. I'm surprised these people are that stupid. They're that stupid. However, House uh, Speaker Nancy Pelosi just last week admitted to playing politics with pandemic relief. The uh, California Democrats said she is now willing to negotiate a second pandemic bill, relief bill, since Joe Biden appears to have won the White House. I don't know what it has to do with uh, that article. But anyway, uh, yeah, so there you go. Ted Cruz, he shot a pretty nice looking deer and the left went Nuts. Well, they didn't go nuts. They are always nuts, but they just, you know, went out and became extremely just, you know, they're just shitty people. I'm sorry uh, for those listening to Good Talk Radio right now. I normally try to refrain from using words like that, but liberals are just shitty, unhappy people. They just are. They're miserable. They can't get through life without being miserable. And they want to make everybody else miserable. Hey, there's Ranger Rob. How you doing, Ranger Rob? He's in the room. Howdy to you, sir. Yeah, so there you go. Okay, so a Republican congressman has introduced a bill requiring Americans to be, yes, alive to vote. George says, uh, the meat from deer feed uh, either family or homeless. Absolutely. The Red Cross does it every year. The Red Cross collects these deer if you're a hunter and you don't and you just want to go out for the hunt but you don't want to uh, eat the deer trust me there are many many food banks and organizations that will take the deer meat nobody goes out into the woods to hunt a deer shoot it and just leave it to lie and rot in the woods nobody does that i i have hunters in my family all over the place i know a lot of hunters and it's like fishermen. Nobody catches a fish and then just throws it on the side of the, the, the lake and just lets it rot there. Nobody does that. Nobody shoots animals and just leaves them to lie dead. Unless they're a nuisance animal, that's different. That's different. But a deer? Somebody's going to eat that thing. Uh, let's see. Okay. So, uh, yeah, a Republican congressman introduces a bill requiring Americans to be alive to vote. Now, 
before I move on, this uh, last segment of the show is actually brought to you, and I'm glad Ranger Rob is here uh, because he is the purveyor of the poopy bag. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about Ranger Rob poopy bags, and I'm going to let him tell you all about his product. Hello, friends. This is Ranger Rob, and I'd like to talk to you about dog poop. That's right, dog poop. I invented Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, a very large bag with handles. My bags support large and small dogs and smell like lemon. They are strong and affordable. You can find Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags at Amazon. They come in sheets or in rolls and come with a dispenser. Once you try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags, you'll never want to go back. So come join us. Go to Amazon and try Ranger Rob Pet Poopy Bags today. All right. So a Republican congressman made a stand against dead people voting in elections and introduced a bill that requires Americans to be alive in order to cast a ballot. You would think that would be common sense, right? But that's the world we live in today. They want to pass a bill that actually says you have to be alive in order to vote. Now, I know why a Republican congressman is passing that or trying to pass that law, because it's actually uh, Democrats, dead Democrats who vote. I don't know too many dead Republicans that vote. Even if they were Republican when they were alive, after they're dead, they start to vote Democrat. I don't know what they know that I don't, but it just seems a little peculiar to me. Uh, Representative Brian... Babin out of Texas proposed that you must be alive to vote act last week. I love it. I wonder if the Democrats will uh, vote against this bill. And I'm talking about the, the ones that are alive. Now I know Nancy Pelosi, she may or may not be alive. I'm not sure. She looks dead. And I know she's brain dead. But uh, anyway, The right to vote is one of the most vital pillars of our democracy, the foundations uh, of which are election integrity and confidence in our democratic process, Babin said. The ease with which someone is able to steal the ballot of a deceased person and cast an illegitimate vote should disturb, alarm, and outrage every American citizen. It does me. I'll tell you that much, Mr. Babin, it does me. Uh, no matter what side of the aisle you're, no, see, see, that's where the, that's where you don't understand. Okay. It only upsets people on the right because dead people all vote Democrat. So why would it upset people on the left? I mean, hell, if, you know, 10 million dead people are going to vote for Biden, why would you be upset? To protect our democratic process and Americans' faith in our elections, we must ensure that deceased individuals are not allowed to remain on state voter rolls. My bill will prevent any funds from the uh, United States Department of Transportation or Education, with the exception of those going uh, toward law enforcement agency grants, from going to counties of any state that do not annually check their voter lists against the Social Security Administration's most recent death records, in order to purge them of any individuals found to be deceased, Babin declared. All elected officials from your local city council member to your U.S. president have an obligation to obey the law and prevent fraud in our elections, and Congress should not be awarding taxpayer dollars to any counties or states that refuse to do the job they swore to do. 
I agree. I don't know about you guys, but I agree. Let's uh, check on the chat room here. Uh, let's see. I used to work with food banks, and almost uh, the whole deer gets used. Absolutely, George. Thank you very much. I actually got an, into an argument on another podcast. They invited me on to talk about hunting, and uh, they were uh, they were kind of surprised by the fact that uh, these deer actually go to food banks and to uh, homeless shelters, that type of stuff. Uh, Rob says, I thought all meat comes from the grocery stores. It does, actually. No, I'm just kidding. I use poopy bags to pick up after a deer. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, Hey, you know, you got them. You got a nice supply over there in Oregon. You got to use them. Whether they're for those little round deer turds or, you know, a big, uh, you know, Great Dane poop, Ranger Rob poopy bags are amazing. Uh, Let's see. George says, imagine that you have to be alive to vote. Yeah, I know. What a concept. What a concept. The Democrats would never win another election if you eliminated voter fraud. Seriously. I don't think they would ever win another election. Now, maybe up in kooky, you know, uh, like Portland and stuff for sure. But there would be a very limited amount of elected Democrats from you know, coast to coast. It just wouldn't be. You eliminate voter fraud, uh, you know, you eliminate the Democratic Party pretty much. She's way dead, George says. I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to Nancy Pelosi. Isn't it freaky, like, when she talks and her, like, uh, her uh, dentures are bobbling around in her mouth? I just feel like one of these days, maybe after the mask thing, she'll, she won't be wearing a mask, and she's going to be at the podium talking, and she's going to, like... Uh, try to answer a question or, and those dentures are just going to teeth are just going to go flying across the room. It's going to hit like an ABC reporter in the forehead. I will. That will be the day. That will be the day of all days. Uh, I think you're right there, George. I agree. I agree. All right. So what else is going on? Uh, let's see. Uh, Trump, he says big things are coming over the next couple days. President Donald Trump told reporters Monday that, uh, People can expect to see a lot of big things over the next coming days on alleged election fraud. Quote, I think the case has been made, Trump told reporters at the White House. Quote, and now we find out what we can do about it. But you'll see a lot of big things happening over the next couple days. He did not elaborate. The president was answering a question about what his strategy will be after electors vote in the Electoral College, which is scheduled for December 14th. That's only a week from today, actually. Right? Am I right? Yeah, I'm all right. Uh, the election was a total uh, total fraud. It was totally rigged. It's a disgrace to our country. Trump also asserted uh, it's like a third world country. It is. It is. The Democrats have done that. The Democrats have turned this nation into a banana republic. So congratulations, Democrats. You know, after the, the country falls... After the United States falls and, uh, I don't know, Nancy Pelosi decides to use the Constitution at the bottom of her birdcage, which I'm sure she would love to do. Where are you going to go? What country are you going to run to? Where where are you going to go? Once the United States falls, what's your exit plan? What are you, you going to do? You think you're going to be some high up dictator in your little communist utopia here? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. 
once the United States falls, I mean, we're the glue that holds the, the rest of the world together. Once this country falls, the world goes into chaos. Hence the Great Reset. I'm telling you, it's coming. And if you're a person of faith out there, I would highly recommend that you prepare for it. I don't know what the end times are going to look like. I have no idea. I only know what I read in Scripture. But I know it's not pretty. I know it's a pretty ugly situation until Jesus himself returns. But until then, you know, it's kind of a rocky road, right? We talk about the country is basically going to be engulfed in flames. There's going to be dead people everywhere. It's going to be a pretty ugly sight. So if you're trying to destroy the United States, I'm just telling you. It's not going to be pretty for you or anybody else. Because you think you're special now because you voted Democrat. Let me tell you something. The people you voted for, they couldn't give two craps about you. You're a pawn. And that's the way they see you. So just keep pushing, just keep destroying, just keep tearing the country down. Because I know how it all ends, and in the end, it's going to be great. But until then, not so much. Well, we just got a couple minutes left, like literally a minute. Uh, And I just want to tell you about the India flu. Uh, Unidentified illness is in India right now. One person is dead already, and hundreds of, uh, of other people are sick. That's pretty exciting. So uh, the first one came from China. Now this one's going to come from India. Oh, this is just wonderful news, isn't it? I'm so excited. Maybe you shouldn't let monkeys run around in your homes and stuff like that. Probably not the best idea. You know, and you you probably want to clean your place up a little bit, India. You know, it's not a real cleanly place over there. So this was about, you know, I mean, it was bound to happen. At least one person has died. 200 others have been hospitalized in India as a result of an unidentified illness, according to reports on Monday. The breakout has occurred in southern India state of uh, Andhra Pradesh, according to the Associated Press. The illness was detected Saturday evening in the ancient city of Elaru, with patients experienced such symptoms as nausea and loss of consciousness. Oh, Wonderful. That's what we got coming up on our doorstep. How exciting is that? COVID-19.2, Rob says. Revelation, you got that right, George. Uh, Democrats vote for likability. Yeah. They just vote for anybody with a D in front of their name. They don't care who it is. I mean, because that Eric Swalwell, he's about as likely or as likable as a fart in the closet. But he gets elected. Hey, anyway, it's 9 p.m. I got to end it for the John Smith Show. Ranger Rob, George, thanks for participating. Anybody who's watching, thank you so much. It's nothing without you listeners. I will be live again tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Until then, uh, stay safe, be good, and God bless.